This is a special feature produced for download. Due to copyright restrictions with music, we've edited it to make downloading the content possible. You can hear Paul Van Leeshout's full program by tuning in every week to RTRFM. This interview aired as part of RTRFM's morning's program, The Mag, on Wednesday the 26th of August. Otherwise, you're going to have a very lonely life. Very sad life. Up until now, I couldn't be happier. It's because I love you. Tell him to leave. We love each other, Dad. There's nothing you can do about it. We've been together since high school. Constantly. That doesn't happen. You're more than your sexuality, Jim. I'll come home. You okay? I'm... Truly, so sorry. Such a tragedy. How did this happen? We'll get through this. Such a tragedy. It's a line that stuck with me since I saw the film at a media screening. The film premieres in Australia tonight. It's called Holding the Man, a story centred on homosexual love, or should I just say love. A difficult film to watch at times, certainly heartbreaking, an important Australian story to tell and definitely a powerful one. Next, I'm going to be joined by the lead actor of this film. His name is becoming bigger and bigger, Ryan Kaur, on air and online. While our major parties are still debating marriage equality, a new film exploring homosexuality in the 1970s has been released. Called Holding the Man, the film follows schoolmates John and Tim as they fall in love and attempt to form a relationship despite harsh opposition from the people and society around them. Directed by Neil Armfield, the film portrays the brutal challenges the characters face as they attempt to forge identities within a society that doesn't accept their homosexuality. It's a story about love, a story about the HIV-AIDS epidemic, a story that resounds quite honestly with the diverse sexuality and gender community. One of the lead actors is Ryan Kaur, just 26. He's already had a formidable career in performance. Ryan plays Tim in Holding the Man and is with me this morning. Ryan, good morning. Welcome to the studio. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. You started acting quite young. Uh, What is it that drew you to uh, performance to begin with? I was always one of those students that um, teachers said, uh, you know, if he just applied himself, <clears throat> he'd, do, he'd do so well. Um, and so as a result, I sort of had a number of teachers that loved me and a number that hated me. But uh, there, was a, there was an audition for the grade six musical when I was in grade five. I thought I'd throw my hat in and, and I, I, it was unheard of at Millgate Primary School, but I got given the lead. Couldn't sing, couldn't act. I think I put on a British accent and all of a sudden these teachers and of course my parents and, and my friend's parents came up and pat me on the back and said, you know, that's a direction. That's where you can go. <laughs> and um, it was sort of from there. I mean, and after doing a few kids series and having directors really take me under their wing and, and say that I could be part of the process of what makes um, television or film and, and come in with ideas, um, it became something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I haven't looked back. Well, you are, you're making waves in the Australian screen industry. Uh, started acting at just 13. We've seen you on uh, The Sleepover Club, Blue Healers, <laughs> Wolf Creek 2, and even Neighbours, amongst many other roles. But this role is very different from the others. What, what attracted you to audition for this one? I mean, this, Holding the Man has been a completely different experience from, from the ground up. I mean, first of all, we're playing characters that lived. And mm. um, also... Um, you know, representing uh, 
a book which meant so much to so many people. Um, when I first went to drama school, which ironically was the first was the drama school that Tim went to, um, the play Holding the Man was was in its run over there, and uh, the ripple effect of just how powerful this story was and 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 it got people talking um, was felt all through the drama school. You know, my my drama teachers, um, it really opened up discussions about this time in the eighties um, about um, HIV and gay rights in the eighties, and sort of jump ahead seven years. Um, when I found out Neil Armfield, um, this theatre godfather mm. and um, incredible Australian filmmaker, was attached, and Tommy Murphy, who had written, uh, who had adapted that play, had adapted the screenplay. Um, it was the first time that I sort of came across a project that fell fell in line with what I believed in, and um, you know, it posed a unique opportunity to represent these young men and a story that you know had a, had a real um, social agenda and social conscience to it, and and could add to um, conversations we're having today, as you said, with marriage equality and. And, um, other gay rights issues. Is it different portraying somebody who who did live, very like much. a real character? Well, it changes the responsibility, you know, from just sort of forming a character from the ground up and making some sort of backstory to um, paying homage to the family mm. and to the memory of who these boys were to people that knew them, um, as well as who these characters were for the people who read the book. You know, I mean, um, Timothy Timothy's book was for many people, um, for many young gay guys, the first opportunity to connect with a piece of literature or, or identify with something um, um, that was help as they were coming to terms with their own sexuality. So it, it just changes... Um, it just changes the the what what's important in in creating a role, and so really it was once the family had come up and sort of said you've 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 done Tim and John justice, or um, you've done this story justice. That really became um, the benchmark for whether we'd done done our jobs correctly or not. The film, as you mentioned, is based on uh, quite a well-known book by the same name, written by Timothy Conagrave, who you portray. Did you read the book before the audition? Of course, of yeah. course. Um, um, so I found out about the play many years before, and once once the screenplay came out, I knew it was something I wanted to be a part of because mm. of how profound an effect the play had had, and 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 what I'd witnessed, and and the sort of conversations that had happened. Um, but that was my go-to. Uh, if uh, you know, playing Timothy Conagrave, if I ever wanted to know what was in his head or um, you know what was going through, it was there on paper. Um, you had a really. You know, I think in his eulogy, they said Tim Conagrave was a stranger to tact. And many people I spoke to were sort of like he was truth at all costs. Mm. Um, he'd sort of put um, his politics in front of you. He was sort of a non-bullshit sort of fellow. Um, and the book was a real insight into into Tim's mind and into, you know, many of the battles that he sort of faced. So, I mean, that, that was the absolute go-to material. Coupled with that, I had sort of three hours of um, audio interview um, of Tim. Um, not long before he died, talking about the specifics of some of the things that occur in the book and also the writing of the book. And so I, I actually used that as a mantra. When, we, when sort of we'd be starting scenes, I could go into that part of the audio and hear Tim talking about it. We could go to that part of the book and, and, and read um, the specifics of what was going on in the situation we were portraying. Um, but, you know, that, that, of course, was first and foremost on, on, on the material that we went to when, when playing these boys. Tim Conagrave, a very interesting character, mm. intelligent, uh, also quite witty, direct, as you mentioned. Tell me about him as a man and uh, I guess how he became your character. I realise you've already done that a little bit, but if you can expand on who he was. Yeah, I mean, Tim's sort of representative of, uh, even in Xavier College, you know, um, during the 70s when he was being... He, 
you see examples in the book of Tim unwilling um, to let society um, tell him uh, who he couldn't and couldn't love. It was, it was innate unfairness that he felt then. Um, and I think that sort of spurred off those early years, um, his gay activism in sort of the 80s. Um, uh, he was part of a gay sock group at Monash, which was one of sort of the first... Um, uh, groups of that type um, during university life. It was still gay to be, um, it was still gay, it was still illegal to be gay in mm-hmm. the 1980s. Um, so he was really at the forefront of, of, of pushing, um, helping young men understand and, 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 and be proud of their sexuality and um, just really politically active throughout that process, as well as being, you know, a, a, an adored friend to so many and, um, you know, he willed himself to live in the final couple of months of his life so we could get this story of him and John down. And, you know, we like to think that he's sort of smiling down now as his legacy sort of continued um, in, in a different medium, in the cinematic medium. My guest this morning is actor Ryan Kaur. You might have seen him on a few different uh, projects, films, TV series, amongst many other things uh, throughout Australia recently. But his latest role is uh, a role from a film called Holding the Man. He plays Timothy Conagrave. We're going to take a tune from the film. This one is by Dave Mason. We'll be back in a moment. This morning is actor Ryan Kaur, who plays Timothy Conagrave in a new film called Holding the Man. Ryan, one thing I've heard uh, time and time again uh, since attending the media screening of the film is, is just about how honest a portrayal the film provides that Neil Armfield and yourself and the rest of the cast really did the book justice. Do you, do you think so? I mean, that was always our challenge. That was always what we set out to do. So, But what we had to do was collate all of these different ideas of who these boys were. So, you know, you asked before, who was Timothy Conagrave? That that became our challenge. And if you asked Tim's mother, you'd get a very, which we did, we had a couple of weeks with the family, um, you get a very different answer to, you know, his best friend, to, to an ex, to someone that went through university with him. So it really became about collating all these different ideas and these different inputs as to who this person was, couple it with the book in which you could see his voice and many of the other things that we had, and try and land and and try and that's right, stay honest. And I think you know that really came between the connection between Craig and I. I had you know the most amazing rock um, of a counterpart throughout mm. this film, and um, you know we were really we we helped each other through the whole process as we were rehearsing. We we would call each other up and discuss ideas for scenes or how to how to solve certain moments or discuss who these boys were and what we discovered at the end was there was no other place to go with this but truth and to be representative of a love between these two guys we had to find um, a connection and an understanding and a friendship 
between each other. So I hope we came some way um, to be representative of the guys um, that that you know mean so much to people who have read the novel. Um, but you can never play to try to get an effect. You can never play to try and um, have the result that the book had um, and the effect that the book had. We can only be sort of honest to the moments and honest to the connection that these two lads had. The film features explicit explicit sex, disturbing abuse, discrimination, very, very difficult hospital scenes mm. and a lot of deeply emotional moments. Were those scenes hard to shoot? Very much so. Um, especially mm. we, ha- we had a hi- hiatus. We shot the, the front end of the film and then, um, you know, once, once John and Tim were both sick, we, we went on a break. Um, I went to Italy to shoot the front and the end of the film, which was shot in Lipari on location where, the, where Tim's journey would have actually, we actually took the journey that Tim would have taken. Yeah. But came back and in the final two weeks um, shot um, the death stuff. And yeah, it was really difficult. We'd spent so long with these two boys and with this story um, at that point that it really felt like by the time we were doing the scene saying goodbye to John the character, um, we were saying goodbye to um, this this understanding and this experience that we'd had in getting to know them. Um, and it was very hard to differentiate um, you know, what we were doing in these scenes and, and obviously having a, a very sick Craig who had, who had dropped a lot of weight and um, committed to um, John's rhythms, um, how slow he walked. Um, yeah, so we really took um, what we were doing on set and it, and it came home with us, you know. Um, it was really important for us to get us right and, and, and to do their memory honour uh, to their memory. So by the time that we were saying goodbye, it, um, yeah, it was profoundly moving. It's all, it sort of transcended acting and, and became a very unique experience in terms of making a film. It was, it was very different. Tell me about the relationship uh, between Tim, who you play, and John, played by Craig Stott. Well, look, uh, it was often said that, um, you know, John John Callio, had he not met Tim Condegrave, may have been married with kids um, later on. He, he fell in love with Tim, and Tim specifically. And and I think they're the sort of yin, yin and yang. Um, they spoke about John as being sort of a very centred, calming, warm force that would always have this pleasant smile on his face. And Tim, who um, noticed John across the schoolyard and saw this boy with the beautiful eyelashes, I think Tim was a lot more... Um, forward in, in, in the way that he felt um, felt about John and he sort of helped John navigate his way through um, understanding his sexuality and, 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 and who he was in love with and for what reasons. Um, but they balanced each other out and I think, you know, there's moments in the film that we sort of, we, we try and show that, um, the fact that they are two um, boys from two very different backgrounds, from two very different families, captain of the football team and, and head of the drama class um, and, and at two different um, stages in understanding um, what their sexual identity was or, 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 or what their preference was. And um, it came together in this really elegant um, beautiful way they were just meant for each other and I think you know in, in a wonderful way that's sort of what the film explores and the, what was important to them both was was sort of focused in because their lives were cut short once they were given the diagnosis that they were positive um, you know Tim who, who was just out of university and and sort of exploring in Sydney realized um, that this was a love of his life and I think you sort of see those things um, focus in um, towards the end because there was a, a, an end date to when they were able to um, express their love for each other. The film is called Holding the Man, an AFL reference, a smart play on words, <laughs> yeah. but a very uh, meaningful title. 
Yeah, we've often tried to dissect what that means. You know, holding the man as a penalty in football is um, holding someone back from uh, from the play without them having the ball, holding them back um, against against it. Well, it's an illegal. It's an illegal, obviously, move in football. Um, and so, you know, we often thought, what are, what are maybe the metaphors that it suggests? You know, um, being help society, um, not allowing to being unfair, holding someone back from 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 their true self. Um, but I think, you know, it's a wonderful way to explore this idea of, of, of what society deems to be masculine, you know, in mm. the sort of football world when we're actually talking about something completely different and that love doesn't discriminate um, and that love is love. And, um, you know, also incredibly serendipitous timing um, with that it can add to the national marriage equality debate and I think something that Tim would be very proud of. Now, Ryan, you trained at uh, NIDA, the same place that Timothy Conagrave trained as well. Tell me about your experience there. Look, there were definitely there's a, there's a scene in the film uh, in which we're, we're. It's one of my favourites. Is I it? Add, yeah. And look, look, a lot of people that go. There'll be a whole lot of people out there that have been to drama school that are laughing a little bit harder <laughs> than that, than those who haven't. Um, but you know, that was definitely part of my experience. Going to drama school was learning respect for what I did and learning a technique that um, could, would enable me to repeat um, or understand or get more um, involved and understand more detail in characters. You know, I, definitely. I think before going to drama school, you know, I relied very much on instinct and. I I was a bit of an ignorant kid and I had a, I had a um, gentleman when I was 17 say, if you want to take this seriously, if you want to act for the rest of your life, you should go um, to drama school. It's like a tradesman not knowing how to use his tools. Um, but we, we went through exercises um, like one of the ones that's represented in the film, which was in an impro class. And if you're outside of a drama school uh, of that class, it would look like a loony bin. But essentially, you know, it was an exercise in um, advancing and, and accepting offers and, you know, having no boundaries to your creativity. But that was all that came about because uh, you have a medicine man allocated out of your group of 25, tribal music playing, everyone starts as a seed grows into sort of a plant and it sort of evolution happens and, and where to from there is anyone's guess and yeah. in the film we sort of are at the primate stage um, there's often sacrificial babies and alphas you know monkeys out alphering each other and Jeffrey Rush <laughs> has this wonderful line um, as Tim's trying to do his best uh, monkey impression um, Tim effeminate monkeys don't get work and there's this wonderful <laughs> irony in that um what you know, exercises like that that I went through, um, and we're now making the film representing Tim Conagrave. So you know, one one, one effeminate monkey uh, got work. <laughs> a remarkable book, a remarkable play, and now a remarkable story turned into film. Success, which you're quite responsible for too. Some are saying this uh, performance will change your career. Look, I. I don't know. All I know is that this film is representative of the sort of projects that I want to be a part of. It means much more than, um, you know, box office figures or, or critical success. I think hopefully the film speaks to people because of the power of the story that that is sheerly from the book. And um, I've certainly learnt um, as an actor a number of things from my career that I will take with me from this experience, from working with the wonderful Neil Armfield, who is just such uh, an amazing human. He, he's so emotionally intelligent and he's so wise and and creates an environment where you feel safe to explore and we, and, and you workshop in sort of a theatre-style environment. So we actually had an unusually long um, rehearsal process. And look, for my part, man, you know, my, my, my responsibility was to try and collate these ideas of who Tim was, have my own understanding um, from the book and from Tim's family and from the friends and from what we explored in the rehearsal room and hopefully come some way to honour those, those um, uh, 
those people that knew him and and who he was uh, to people who had read the book. So, for my part, man, it's 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 been the most amazing professional and personal experience I've ever had, and I can only and scripts like this will come along very rarely mm. um, and it's hard to know what to follow up with next but you know that's all part of it and I just feel blessed to have been a part of this experience Ryan thank you very much for stopping by the studios today thanks so much for having me actor Ryan Kaur plays Timothy Conagrave in a new Australian film called Holding the Man the film has already received nods from the industry and film critics and you can see a preview of Holding the Man tonight as part of a WA AIDS Council fundraiser in collaboration with Out in Perth magazine, lunapalace.com.au to find out more.